Welcome to Get Involved Referee with me, your host, David McDonald. This week we're joined by Des Roach and Steve Conroy. Gentlemen, how are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Enjoy the weekend? That's all it, yep. Easter weekend, happy Easter and all that. Thank you. Yep, <laughs> move on. Listen guys, we're going to kick off with the Derby game on Sunday, Rangers versus Celtic, Hamden Park. Never a dull moment with these games. Just to get a flavour of what people have been talking about, pundits and supporters, Mr Chris Sutton on Twitter said Celtic were poor, but Bobby Madden turned in one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen in Scotland for a long time, and that's saying something. Harsh comments from Chris Sutton there? Very harsh, I don't think. It, it certainly wasn't, I think, Bobby's best day, but it was very, very far away from being the worst performance ever. There's a few things that we'll talk about, but... Bobby wasn't the reason that Celtic lost. No, Celtic were the reason Celtic lost. Celtic just simply weren't good enough. Uh, I think it's uh, extremely harsh in the from Chris Sutton to come on in public media and, and shout that. I mean, I don't know. Has Chris Sutton had every single game that he's played north of the border being perfect? Uh, I would highly doubt it. I think Chris would argue so he has been. I think Chris would argue so. <laughs> he would, yeah. But he's, we, we've mentioned it before. He's playing to his audience. Um, but no, uh, he's very wide in the mark there. There's probably the biggest talking point that I've seen on social media from Celtic fans is John Longstrom. They're astonished that he didn't get booked during 102 minutes of play. And four instances in there that you know Celtic supporters reckon he should have been booked. The first challenge was 14 minutes, which was off the ball. 47th minute, he obstructed Joe Hart from kicking the ball out. The 53rd minute, he takes down Hatati, And then the 61st minute, he takes down Cal McGregor to stop an attack. Not one yellow card was shown. Is that correct? I mean, is, is that a good call from Bobby Madden there? I think he should be should be playing poker or something, looking for a five-card trick. Uh, how, he, how he avoided, not just a call, how he avoided being ordered off and remaining in the pitch for as long as he did is quite, it beggars belief. Uh, and I'm sure on reflection when Bobby watched the match, he would have seen that himself. Now, if we take the, the, the very first instance, I understand that Bobby getting a feel of the game, trying to get the get the game going, um and and getting an acceptable limit of what he's gonna he's gonna be putting up with. That's maybe pushing it a bit far because we know that if it's a foul in the first minute and it's a foul in the eighteenth minute, it's the same the same reprisal that should come from it. The incident with Joe Hart releasing the ball, that is as clear a caution as you're ever, ever going to see. There is no question, no debate. From then to go on, I think it was a, only a short matter of minutes later for his challenge on Hitati, which occurred, if my mind serves me correctly, was just inside the, the centre circle. Again, a blatant yellow card. And for another one to come, I don't know. We've just said it's not been Bobby's best day and Bobby is a, is a safe pair of hands. But in my opinion, John Lindstrom should not have um, had the Rangers shouldn't have the option to bring him off as a substitute. John Lindstrom should have been ordered off the field of play. Yeah. Steve, do you think Bobby's trying to keep the flow of the game going? I mean, we, we complimented Willie Collum a couple of weeks ago for his performance at Ibrox, where he handled the game impeccably. But Bobby Madden just doesn't seem to do that. It's almost like he didn't want to start getting his cards out of the pocket and dishing them about. He was wanting the game to flow. But again, the rules have been broken by players on the pitch there and he's just, he's, he's got that one wrong. Yeah, but we've discussed before, he, he'll set out his tactics before it and part of the tactics, often in a Celtic Rangers game, especially a cup semi-final, is that you'll maybe let things go more than you would do normally. And I agree with Des, a foul's a foul, um, but sometimes you have to set the bar a wee bit higher uh, in a Celtic Rangers game, but not so high that you're missing four, five. The one on heart was stick on whatever the, the jargon is, that was a caution. And it doesn't matter what your tactics are about letting things go, that's a caution. 
and for him to escape another potential three. You know, you, your, your tactics come to an end at some point and you have to start in these uh, high, dealing with it. In these high-profile games, and not even high-profile games, certainly even coming through the ranks and the juniors, etc., you're told to, to have a quite a tight grip things at the start of a match and it's like probably an analogy like taking your dog for a walk or going out horse riding you have a, a tight leash and as it progresses you maybe let it go maybe soften off but you're still in control and when you allow this many challenges to happen and incidents to happen and go unchallenged then no you, you've lost control to an extent there and I think the card count then was 5-2 I think there were 7 cautions served in the, in the whole match but that's us not counting the ones that should have been cautioned. As we said, you can set out your tactics and it can work and it can't, but no no game at all should you have five potential yellow cards. It's that, probably, that is stretching it. It's probably the first time in a long time I've seen when we're talking about the referee, but we're not talking about him not giving penalties, not giving direct red cards for whatever crazy tackles there was. There was nothing really malicious in there. He would merit a red card during the game. There was no penalty instance, handballs that normally are worthy of talking about. But this seems to have been rolling on in social media for days now about Bobby Madden and his performance. There's one of the instances as well that people are talking a lot about when Celtic were breaking quickly, Aribo went down the Celtic's box and Celtic were attacking. Bobby Madden stopped play, went back, helped Aribo up and then continued with play. Just a short time later, Jovanovic went down in the box after a heavy challenge, came down, hurt himself. The almost the exact same incidents before, but he allowed the play to go on the Rangers to attack. That doesn't look great, is it? That, that's feeding the conspiracy theories that, you know, he, he's being biased towards Rangers. Well, I'd like to nip, nip the bud straight away. I don't think there's any conspiracy theories amongst any, any referees. Uh, it, it, things happen so quickly. In that instance... I don't think it looked particularly good. I think, it, um, as you said, it fuels speculation from other people. It may have just been the feel for the game that Bobby had at that moment in time, and maybe he has, he assessed the injury in Juranovic that it that it wasn't particularly particularly serious. But I think in those powder keg situations, when there's an expectation, if you give the foul and just stop play and allow the Juranovic to be assessed. Nobody's going to complain. Nobody's talking about Nobody's it. Nobody's talking about it. But see, the fact that we are talking about it mm-hmm. shows you that. That was the wrong, the wrong feel for the game. They're just use your man in game management mm-hmm. of that situation. You can nip it in the bud. A yeah. Quick blow the whistle, stop play. Look, guys, players injured. Let's get it assessed. And it also buys him a wee bit of time where he can maybe talk to players as players are going around saying, "Look, calm down. This is what's yeah. happening." As I say, game management. That's something that I would have expected there. Yeah, you use it, or we have used the phrase uh, "match aware." I don't think he was match aware on that one. Yeah, it really didn't look good. Although, interestingly, I can't remember where, it might have been on sports scene, I can't remember, or on the radio, um, when some of the pundits were talking about, oh no, you can't stop that, it's not a head injury, it's not serious enough. It doesn't say anywhere that you can only no. stop it for a head injury. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think somebody's been seriously, in inverted commas, or significantly injured, you stop it. You don't <laughs> You don't have to have think uh, the, anything think, in your head for it. I think the only referee in Scotland that could have allowed that game to not continue, or sorry, yeah, to not continue, because they have made a medical assessment Steve because he's a doctor and I used to say if I stop if I stop play and people say oh but but he's not that serious injured my retort is well I'm not a doctor I can't give that assessment so just kill it kill it Mm -hmm. kill it in the bud get it there get it assessed and there is nobody talking about you sadly that would have been the case nobody would have given that another mention no sadly yeah Steve 117 minutes in you'll see from TV footage there's a throw in for Celtic uh, the ball's picked up there's a, a tussle it looks like it should be a Celtic free kick you can see from TV footage that Bobby Madden gives the free kick Rangers way 
But Celtic take the ball, ready to take the free kick. Rangers players don't contest it. They just accept there's a free kick. They actually think it's a free kick for Celtic as well. The ball goes back into play. It's played forward to Celtic. Bobby Madden runs with the play, mm -hmm. but quickly realises that Celtic's take the free kick. It should have been a Rangers free kick because he's given it Rangers way. He stops playing, brings it back and stops Celtic on the counter-attack. Mm -hmm. Can yeah. he do that? Can he stop play once it started? He's a ref, he can do what he wants. But uh, I agree with you that it's, it didn't look to me as though it was a, uh, a Rangers free kick. Looked like a Celtic uh, free kick to me. As did all the Rangers players who all backed off. And you see Van Bronckhorst uh, moving to uh, uh, up the, uh, his technical area uh, towards where Celtic were attacking. Nobody thought that was a Rangers free kick. And again, we've mentioned in here long before, uh, or many times before, that up until the point where the ball is back in play, you can do what you want. You can think, oh my God, how have I given it that way? Or geez, oh, I think about it, that was a penalty. But once the ball's in motion, the ball's in motion, it's it's over and done with. So in my opinion, unless somebody can tell us something different, once that ball's going, you get on with it. Again, I agree. I thought it looked as if it was a, a Celtic free kick from the, the, the way the Rangers player was, was all over him. Turnbull was, puts the ball down, gets it going straight away. Bobby's then blowing the whistle again and he's indicating for a, a it shot It looks pull. like he's pulling his shot. Yeah, yeah. looking for a shot pull. But like Steve said, again, proactive. Get across it. He sort of stood off it a wee bit. He was maybe about 10 yards away or so. Maybe just get yourself a bit closer to it and, and stop the free kick being taken. Um, put your hands up and say, oh, sorry guys, no, no, it's it's the other way. However, once that ball is back in play, under the, the laws of the game, all bets are off. Yep, it That's started it. again. Game's live. You, you have to go. And Steve said Van Bronckhurst was actually walking up his technical area and his defenders were setting up to attack this next defender as the ball was travelling in the air. Now the defenders were defending it. Yeah. Nobody gave that second thought. It, to all intents and purposes, everybody on that pitch thought it was a Celtic free kick. Like we said, Willie Collum had a great uh, game a couple of weeks ago. Why the SFA just not appoint Willie Collum to be in charge of the game? I'm not saying Bobby Madden shouldn't be in charge of the game. He absolutely should. He's potentially the top official we've got. But Willie Collum's got that form. He's just done a game two weeks ago at Ibrox. Why not give him that game at Hamden? I just think it goes down to old SFA ways, isn't it? They, they, they don't tend to put people on back to back. I know they've done it a number of years ago with Craig Thompson done two back-to-back -back and potentially was going to get a was going to get a third one. They had given, now correct me wrong, I think Willie got the, oh, I think they appointed the semi-final officials before they appointed the league game um, because we discussed it here mm -hmm. prior to it. There is no reason why they couldn't. See if it's, if you're going in the analogy that you don't drop your best player, then your best referee should do the biggest game every week. But what you're then doing is you're stifling the growth of other people to experience that, to allow them to then flourish and progress and as the older grade move out they move in. So to answer your question, there is no reason why he can't do it, but it'd be very, very unusual and very surprising if they, they put someone back to back. I do think now, though, that Willie will get the cup final Yeah, uh, off the back of these two semi. Not that it wouldn't have been in the wrecking anyway, but I think his strong performance in the previous Old Firm game and his current run of form, I think Willie will be entrusted with the final. I agree with that one. But a slight issue, uh, David, I, I think the decision to give Bobby that game was the right one. Um, now we've, we've said it wasn't his best game and, and he knows it wasn't his best game we all do but it was right to appoint him to that so I don't have an issue with that and by nope. extension if Bobby had performed the way that he has done the rest of the season and handled that game as well as he has handled other games I still think he should have been in for the final yeah as we said I mean if he's your before the game Bobby could have been, Steve said to you, Bobby could have been in there and absolutely had an absolute terrific game brilliant game but it's like a player 
you, you select your team Absolutely. prior to the match and you can't say whether player X, Y or Z is going to have a good game or have a poor game. So it's just one of those, it's a, a manager picking his team and that player maybe didn't perform as wished or as expected. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But to automatically drop you know, drop Morelos, drop Kyogo just because they played in the last game, it doesn't make no, any sense yeah. whatsoever. And we've said that long before, but I, I do think appointing Bobby for that game was the right decision. Yeah. Steve, this is a problem that I'd imagine you've not experienced in the past uh, when it comes to social media because we know you're not too great with keyboards. Bobby Madden posted on Instagram after the game, happy Easter, one and all. Clearly this is not a wise choice by Bobby, was it? I'm glad sometimes that I'm a complete technophobe. I, do, I, I think it was ill-advised. I think it was bad timing. Um, I know Bobby. I'm, I'm friendly with Bobby. I don't know if he's religious at all. But if you are religious and you're posting things about Happy Easter... Do it before the game. You know, by all means, do it. And if you feel that, that that's what you have to do to uh, well to do whatever your your religious belief is, do it before the game. Whether it's you know he's he's done it out of religious belief or whatever, you still have to remember that you've just done a Celtic Rangers game, and you know with the things we are talking about, a controversial Celtic Rangers game. So I don't mind if that's his bag. Fine, don't do it after a Celtic Rangers game. Bobby does have a, a social media presence and obviously uh, an on-air presence as well through other other shows that he does. And I, I personally don't have a problem with it. I think that um, Steve used the word ill-advised. I think after an old-firm game, you know there's been a, a lot of controversy around it. You're putting yourself out there to be shot, absolutely, um, and criticised. And if you are going to use the, the public forum for recognition, then recognition works both ways. It's not always positive. And... I don't see the merits in it. I don't think it was going to, other than Chris Boyd, I think, saying something back to him. I don't think there was um, going to be much positivity coming back from that. Um, What I would say is, I know back in my day and Steve's day, our presence on social media would not be allowed. No. It certainly wouldn't be allowed. Previous two incumbents from the SFA, and as much as I'm not wasn't their biggest fans all the time. Um, I got on great Hugh Dallas, no problem. John Fleming maybe a bit different. But these guys would have come down on that like a ton of bricks. It would not be allowed. Now, I don't know if Crawford Allen and the guys at the SFA are aware of this or, well, I'm sure they're certainly aware of it. But I would like to think that it may be, maybe a bit quieter. I think it needs to be a director. I know certainly in my work, and I'm sure Steve, people were putting things out there that are going to draw negative attention. To, to your association or your brand, so to speak, then it's maybe not the the wisest mm-hmm. wisest decision. And say, I know Bobby as well. I've known him for a number of years. He's a, a nice guy. But I think you pick and choose your moments when you when you put your head above the parapet. Nothing good could have come out of that. No. Um, and I think we, again, but harken back to our day, we would get media training and you're always told how to conduct yourself. Although uh, one of the names that you mentioned, maybe should have listened to his own lessons. <laughs> but... Yeah, it would certainly not have been allowed and you know, everybody knows that nothing good could have come from doing that at the time that you did it. As Again, say it fine, do it at 11 o'clock Sunday morning, not a bother, do it on Good Friday, no, do it whenever. Don't do it after the no. Celtic Rangers game. But is it, does it not show the crazy world in which we live in that a, f- a football referee a man get out to do his job cannot post a happy Easter after a game of football? And again, uh, another point to that as well is it, it's good to see Bobby Madden on social media. You, you're giving people insight into a referee's life. You're encouraging, you know, younger generation to, who might want to be a referee to come through 
and it's something we desperately need in Scotland. We, we don't seem to be having that young talent coming through. No disrespect to Bobby and Willie, but they're not getting any younger. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. And I imagine these guys will be thinking about hanging up their, their, their cards very soon. Maybe not. It's liberating to see him on social media and well, to give that insight. And I think that's a good to encourage people to come through. Absolutely. And I have absolutely no issue with him being on social media. And he's great on social media. Very good. And he is. He comes across positively, talks about the good things, talks about the bad things, talks about all the extra things that you have to do uh, that all goes along with it. But n- nothing good can come of do of doing a post like that after uh, a Celtic Rangers game and a particularly controversial one, because it sets himself up and maybe the, the movement in inverted commas uh, as well for only adverse publicity, because Celtic side are talking about Chris Boyd mentioning on it, the Rangers side are talking about Chris Sutton mentioning it. Whereas if you do that at half past nine, ten o'clock on Sunday morning, if you are uh, religious and you believe that, nobody's got a thing. To say about it, or even you know, he, there was a picture of him coming out onto the onto the pitch. If he if he wants to, um, you know, highlight, you know, the, the good, get the images out so that kids are going, oh my god, I, I could do a Celtic Rangers yeah. game. Do that when you're walking around the pitch, uh, doing your uh, pretty much stroll, do, do, doing your stroll, do do your uh, your warm up. Get one of the other guys to take photos of you when you're you're doing the warm up. Take photos of the crowd coming in. Don't do it after the game. The, the way that obviously Bobby uses it as well for for good like I mean, recruitment and advertisement, becoming a referee in eight weeks online. Listen, we're on a podcast right now. Digital media is the way the young generation consume information. I mean, my my twelve year old's never off his his phone and his iPads, etc. My younger son as well. This is how information's got out. They don't watch television. They don't really watch or read news. It's all their TikToks and Facebooks and Instagrams. And if I asked my son who is Bobby Madden, he would just go to a social media platform and tell me that that's who it is. So I can understand that. And it does highlight, I'm going over to Europe, I'm doing this game, here's the stadium, here's the flights there. Absolutely brilliant. But it comes down to, in particular, this posting after the game where all it's doing is inviting negativity. Absolutely. Gents, there was also another semi-final game at the weekend, Hibs versus Hearts at Hamden Park. That was overseen by John Beaton, who I do not think is on Instagram or any other social media platform. Well, he certainly may have, won't be after the, one of the Celtic <laughs> Rangers games either. There wasn't many talking points in the game. I, I think a couple of incidents. I think one, Sean Maloney, who's now departed company from Hibs, which is a bit shocking actually. But he told his players he wanted them to go in hard. He wanted them to put in challenges. He, you know, he was clearly determined to try and win the game. It didn't quite work out the way he wanted it. Joe Newell, midway through the second half, was shown a red card for stupid challenge, really, Des. Yeah, it was, I'll go through the new bit first. So he was cautioned in the first half for a, a wholehearted foul. can say a tackle was a wholehearted foul on Barry Mackay, which was naughty and I think that was referenced as well um, on the television where he's made sure he's he's been in there he's taken the man and then he's left his left leg in there on the Achilles uh, of the of the Hearts player so he was obviously very very pumped up he's then went into the second half made a challenge that he had no need to go for the Hearts player had already ridden one challenge and then Newell lunges in from the side with very little opportunity to play the ball Say very little opportunity. The Hearts player was only going to go and progress into the to the middle of the pitch where he was going to be confronted by Hibernian players who were in a better position to to challenge for the ball. But Sean Maloney used a quote, used a phrase afterwards where he said he had asked these players to be on the edge, or sorry, to play on the edge, and therefore he had no 
no problem with Joe Newell. Now, my problem is Joe Newell in those two challenges didn't want to play the ball. Mm-hmm. And if you're not wanting to play the ball and you're playing on the edge, you've got a good chance of falling over that edge. And that's what Joe Newell done. And then he could have seriously, seriously hurt one of the Hearts players. I think it would have been a better choice of words that Sean could yes, use that in the dressing room. But to the media, you're, you're almost condoning players <coughs> going out there and not leaving the boot in, but just maybe not breaking laws, but certainly fracturing a few along the way. Well, I, using phrases like that, he's inviting his players to potentially get themselves off, uh, sent off and potentially hurt people. What other interpretation is there to saying play on the edge? Yeah. You know, play hard, play aggressive. What's the, the old phrase you used to say, or get in their faces? Yeah. Uh, like the know they're in a game. I, I was going to say, stuff, my, yeah. my coach at... Uh, Football at uni, that's the size I got playing. We'd always say, I let them know you're in a game. I thought it was Busby under 12s. <laughs> oh, I well, no, I take it back. Yeah, that was about the size I got. Um, but to encourage your players to potentially get themselves sent off and to hurt people, again, that that's ill-advised. And do I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that I believe that. He's maybe just trying to big it up. But if he did say... Something along those lines. That's then. what he, that's what he used to the media. That was the, that was the word he used. I don't have an. I, I encourage my players to play on the edge, and I now see if he if he hadn't, and his players remained by eleven players in the park, and they're only getting beaten two one. There is a chance that they would have drawn that game or taken it and won it, and there might have been a chance that he would still be in a job this morning. There's another instant missed in that game was the push by Taylor Moore on the back of one of the Hibs players. Pretty violent push at that. He was already on a yellow card. If he had received another yellow, he would have been off, which would see him miss the cup final. Another missed opportunity for John to beat now. Unfortunately, we've already had one red card for Newell of Hibernian, which we've discussed. He's missed one for Josh Campbell just earlier, which was a straight red card. When I was watching it, it was quite unbelievable, actually. I was sitting watching the game... And Taylor Moore went up and just threw, pushed, whatever you want to say, the Hibernian striker from behind onto the floor. The Hibernian striker's lying there thinking, what's going on here? And it's a caution, in fact, even so much so my, my 12-year-old son, Ray, he turned and said, Dad, that man just pushed him to the floor, should he not be sent off? <laughs> to which I said, no, it's a, it's a yellow card. However, yeah. this would be second yellow card and it's two yellow cards within the space of 13 minutes and potentially missing a Scottish Cup final. It's two red cards missed, unfortunately. It was the dying minutes to the game as well, Steve, and he's literally given Hibbs opportunity to have a, a, a free kick at goal. That's just reckless. That's just stupid, isn't it? Oh, to- totally stupid. And uh, I-, I like the way that Des discussed the f- uh, discusses football uh, decisions with his son. My son doesn't even yeah, watch football, but that's even the second yellow son. It's not a straight red. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, I, not a shadow of a doubt. It was a, a second yellow card, and he should have been should have been sent off. I'd, yeah, baffles, the boy, bamboozles. The boy Devlin from Hearts actually races oh, back to grab him <laughs> and he's flinging my ways up to say, I'm trying to get you out of the road before the referee does something or is the referee ignoring it? He was just trying to clearly get him out of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know the dying minutes of a semi-final. It's the last you, kick of the ball. You're getting yourself banned from the from the final with, at the very end when it's all done and dusted. It's the old Brainless. Yeah. You've waited all this time to get to the cup final and you want to leave early. Mm-hmm. Brainless. <laughs> there we have it. Steve's words. Brainless. <laughs> uh, one of our Instagram followers, Greg McCallum, asked this question. John Beaton and Linesman had clear view of that challenge on Mackay. Why did they bottle it to reduce Hibs to 10 men? He's basically he's, he's talking about the Josh Campbell when he was booked for a late challenge on Barry Mackay. Reduced to nine. Horrendous. And basically he, he feels that uh, John Beaton bottled it and it should have been a straight red. What was the name of the 
contributor. Greg McCallum. Greg, I, I agree with Greg. That was a straight straight red to me. Um, and we've uh, all mentioned before about ticking the boxes and all the rest of it. Made no attempt at the ball. Uh, left his studs, whatever phrase you want you want to do. He didn't, maybe he was listening to his manager. That, that wasn't a fair attempt at tackling the ball. It was an attempt to hurt a, an opponent. Straight red every day of the week. And I do, as I've said before, I'm always trying to look for mitigation and see what you know, we as a team could have done differently to avoid it. I think John and the AR were David at Magici. fault for was it David? Yes. Were at fault for that. Um, one or other I should ag- have seen that one. I agree with Steve hundred percent. I think that Josh Campbell not he had no intent in playing the ball. He had absolutely no no intent. All he was wanting to do was to take the take the Hearts player out of the game. And the fact he's come off the ground, went with a straight leg, that is a horrendous challenge. You can say challenges are robust and fair. This was just I, I, I don't know how you can say it. It was just an absolutely horrific challenge. The fact he then has the temerity to to wag his finger in John Beaton's face, telling him he's got it wrong. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it wrong because you shouldn't he has be got there. It wrong, yeah. You have. You has got it wrong. You should not be there. Now I'll give John maybe some some great leeway there. The ball was coming out from a corner. John had always been positioned at the far side of the penalty area. The players are rushing out. There may have been a couple of players, I've tried to pause it and look, there may have been a couple of players obscuring the view slightly. David McGeechee's with the second last defender coming out. He's got a clear and unobstructed view. He can actually see it at an angle. There was a conversation. I don't know what that conversation was, but that yeah, yeah. But information we relayed was the wrong information. Um, so I think that both probably will, well, both will take a take a hit for they it. Will but take it will certainly, certainly AR1 is for me get the get the better view but John should probably have been a wee bit cuter as well and maybe try to di- divert his angle to get a good look at it I don't think they'll have bottled the decision though no plain no. and simple they got it wrong um, so they wouldn't have thought oh well if they, if they did they're far quicker thinking than I am not for a second would it across their mind you think oh god this reduces something to nine players nope so I disagree with Greg slightly in that it was absolutely it was a red card still every day of the week come as well. aye but they didn't bottle it no they, they, they just called it wrong Another one of our Instagram followers have been very active this week says both John Beaton and Bobby Madden being criticised by the general public from the weekend. How much attention do the refs pay to this or, is this or do they simply take the note of the observer's comments and focus on the next match? Depends who you are. Some people will take things to heart and for that reason they'll just avoid anything to do with the media. Some people it's water off a duck's back and it's uh, horses for courses. Everybody's different. Personally speaking, I, I didn't particularly like the, the adverse comments in the in, in the media. I, I'm, I'm the sort that takes these things to heart. So I just started avoiding it. But it, it really it depends who you are. I don't particularly think that John and Bobby are the people that would be uh, adversely affected by it. But I, I, I don't know. I've never had that conversation with either of them. No, I think, I think every referee... Listen, you don't need to read the newspaper, but you can guarantee your guy in your work or your uncle or somebody will have told you, oh, they're not exactly singing your praises because there's always somebody going to tell you and a lot of people, they delight more in telling you bad news about your performance than they do telling, oh, you, telling you good news. Um, for me, that didn't really, didn't really bother me that much at all. So I think that they're both big enough personalities that they'll just move on to the next game, clean their boots and get ready to go again. Finally, SBFL clubs voted their general meeting today to approve the introduction of VAR technology at all Premiership matches next season. 
The vote means that VAR technology will be installed at every Premiership ground over the coming months, with a full launch expected following the conclusion of the World Cup in December 2022. Des, we have spoken before about the introduction of VAR mid-season. Do you still believe launching mid-season is just a bad idea? I just think it's it's absolutely bamboozling because they are changing the nature of the game. They are changing the fabric of the game. This vote, which was very, very much needed, it's coming in. It's not going to cost the lower league, lower league, league clubs a penny. Um, it's obviously going to come off the, the, the prize money for next year. It's it, It's got to be here. And we've got to stay abreast with the, the top leagues in Europe. If we, if we aspire to be rated the same as them, then we must be using it for our top teams. Bring it in at Christmas. No, it's, as we've said before, how can you have a decision in January that's different from a decision that's at the end of December? It's not It's not on and there's certainly clubs going to, going to fall foul of it and I'm sure people will, will bring it up at a later date saying, well, if we had VAR, we wouldn't be in this position. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it, yeah, again, we've, we've talked about it uh, long and weary. I think it was Dougie, wasn't it? They said the, the laws of the game aren't changing. No, they aren't changing, but how matches are refereed and decisions are interpreted changes from one week to the next. So in my opinion, I agree with this, you can't bring it in halfway through a season because last Saturday... Yep. You've got a certain set of conditions. But next Saturday is going to be completely different because the dodgy decisions from last Saturday that we couldn't do anything about, now we're getting hauled in so the outcome of games are changing. It doesn't make sense to me. You do it at, at the start of a season. We've seen them trialling it and we've we've known that the referees have been been working on it. They've been doing the under-18 games, etc. They've been working in the, the studios with it. So the technology's here and they've got, what, four months before the season starts. Just Just use it. Absolutely, just use it because, as we said, the laws of the game aren't changing, but the application and the interpretation are changing. Yeah. The total cost for introduction uh, of VAR to the Premiership is anticipated to be around, be around £1.2 million per season. We spoke about this on last week's podcast as well, the the way in which it will be divvied up. So basically you've got your, your, your top winners paying 195000 per season with a sliding scale to 12th position who will pay around six to seven thousand pounds that is still a lot of money for teams in the premiership sbfl did come out off the back of listening to our podcast and listening to you guys and saying we're going to find a sponsor today there was a perfect time to announce that clearly they've not found a sponsor clubs do still have to burden this payment you guys know anybody wants to sponsor it um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a maybe a TV company or a, there'll be a, plenty there'll of be people plenty who of would people. put their name to that plenty of people we said it before the marketing department they're they're more savvy and that's their line of business but this is a huge huge attraction it'd be like a, a, a moth to a light everybody's going to be watching it everybody's Absolutely. going to be anticipating it and it will get exposure everywhere. can you imagine the first VAR decision that happens it's going to be all over the newspapers the first VAR decision to be made in Scotland mm-hmm. it's going to be everywhere radio, TV, newspapers everybody's going to be talking about this and you've got the chance to have your name associated with this brand new innovation in football that has never been here before and you're the first person to have your name on it, against it, tied with it. You know the way social media works, at such and such, or hashtag such and such. The exposure would be phenomenal. I'm sure if Neil Doncaster listening, he will just clip up what you said there, Des, and send it to a bunch of big corporate companies. I'm sure he's lost my email address. (laughs) I've got it. (laughs) Neil Doncaster said the SPFL chose not to be an early adopter or VAR technology to allow time for teething issues to be ironed out by those leagues who adopted VAR early. Des, 
You think that SPFL and SFA were just waiting for everyone else to iron out the issues before they introduced this, or is that just a, a smoke screen that we are lagging behind everybody else? I don't know, I can't see you there. You, can I see you? <laughs> you there? We are going to have teething problems with it. We are going to be, the, I'm, you tell me that these countries who adopted it haven't practiced for six months to a year prior to coming and still then experienced issues in the on field 90 minute live performance. We are going to have that as well. Our guys are going to go through the exact same process. We've said that they're going to have make the exact same mistakes as everybody else has made in the past million years that they've had VAR, but we've been uh, bumbling along. We are going to come as again, and you know, it's coming in great, not, not before time, but we're going to come across as the country bumpkins again, that we are making these mistakes that uh, the English ironed out seasons ago yep. when you had all the Facebook, thanks to you, I know some of the names, you had all the Facebook memes, you know, VAR, What's the VAR decision? How and got a clue, mate? But they've got all that sort of stuff ironed out now. We've not. We are. That's what we are putting our guys up against. It's great that it's it's coming in, but to say that they were waiting for everybody else to iron out these uh, problems is just utter nonsense. I think the words might come back to haunt Neil Doncaster in the first month or two of VAR being introduced in Scottish well, football. Do you think maybe they should just do what you guys say and just extend it, run it throughout the whole next season, and then introduce it? the season after that and that way everything's ironed out absolutely it makes absolutely no sense to bring it in at that point of a season when you're getting to the business end of the season and things are being scrutinised as we're doing because if you're doing you know the, the first couple of games of a season and you're doing VAR when everybody's starting off at the, the same the same point and we make a couple of mistakes in the first few weeks nobody's talking about that in, no. uh, a, f- a few weeks later it's just again we're setting ourselves up to, to look Stupid. Think about teams. Teams come back for pre-season, and they always talk about getting the rustiness out the road. And they always say, "Ah, oh, well, the first they'll get they'll play the pre-season friendlies, and then they'll have their first couple of games of the season where player X is trying to get up to speed, and somebody else is coming back from injury, and there will be a couple of teething points. And but therefore, after five, six weeks, things are starting to run a bit more smoothly, which we all accept. Then this is the same concept, is it not? Just mm-hmm. not really the sort of same same premise that they're that they're working under. Aye, absolutely. And again. But- Trying to apply logic to them Who's to say, you know, bring it in At the start of a season Bring it in for the pre-season friendlies Mm -hmm. You know, obviously you don't know who's playing who next uh, Season, uh, pre-season But just say Celtic are playing Liverpool in a uh, Pre-season friendly for some reason Try out the VAR Yep, Rangers are playing Arsenal Give it a go Give it a go Put it on the big screens, let's see it Yeah, Yeah, make your mistakes when it's a friendly And nobody's particularly bothered And again, people people will buy that and lap that up Yeah, we still don't even have goal line technology yet, do we? No, no, no. We still don't even have that. We're introducing VAR before goaling technology. I don't think VAR can replace that, can it? I think goaling technology is a pretty different product. Aye, but if if you're talking about goal incidents, then goals will be taken up from uh, from VAR. Yeah. So maybe they're they're hoping that will cover both. Miss one whole swathe of technology to go with another, but aye, we we didn't get that, and I think they're hoping VAR will overtake that. Again, it just shows the the backwater that we have become in recent years, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Excellent. Listen, guys, it's been a very eventful Easter for us all. We look forward to catching up with you next week. And if you're enjoying Get Involved Referee, then please get involved with us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And we will see you and speak to you again soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.